Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 230 of the Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? Good evening, everyone. Good to be back for another week of the Co-op, and, you know, good to have the whole squad back as well. Looking forward to the show. Absolutely. Yes, it's going to be a very fun, action-packed show today. Uh, we're also joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo. How's it going, Mr. Lugo? I'm doing good, Rich. There's a lot to kind of cover today. A whole bunch of stuff to kind of dive into. Absolutely. We're also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How's it going, Dana? Hola, people. Yes. And we are also joined by Mr. Max Muller. How's it going, Max? Hey, Rich. It's going good. Happy to be back as always. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we do have a couple of things we definitely want to talk about uh, today because we know that the uh, Video Game Award Show and PSX are going to be coming up later this week. Um, but before we get into any of that, we're going to let you all know what we have been playing. So, uh, Max, how about you start us off and let us know what you've been playing? Well, Rich, I have not really been playing much of anything this past week, actually. Um, I've gotten lucky and a lot of my non-gaming centric writing has sort of taken off so i've been having to spend a lot of time on that but when i can get some time in i have been fitting in some prey here and there like an hour here an hour there and then actually last night i took like the day off of everything and spent quite a bit of it uh, and spent quite a bit with it which was pretty cool you know i always heard pretty uh, mixed things about it i know like even tony didn't even finish the game because he just wasn't that big of a fan of it but um I ended up getting it for $20 on the gold sale like a couple weeks ago now. So I figured what the hell, like $20, even if it's not that good, $20 isn't much. But so far, I'm absolutely loving it. It's like the type of game that it's it's like Bioshock 1 in a lot of ways, but a lot more expanded on, a lot more sci-fi focused. And it's the type of game, you don't really realize this unless you really take your time playing through it. It's the type of game that really it rewards you for like trying to break the game. Like doing all these kind of random things. Like you have this gun called the glue gun and you wouldn't notice this if you're not really paying attention, but there are a ton of secret areas in alternate routes to get through the different levels and sneak past enemies. And if you like look up onto the ceiling and stuff, you'll see like little vents and things that look like just places you can't normally get to and just like props and stuff. But using the glue gun, you could actually build yourself different stairways and like pathways to get up to certain areas and then getting like different jump upgrades and stuff like that for like a jet pack. And you can start finding all of these like they're like seven ways to get through like certain small rooms here and there. And it's really, really cool. Um, It's a really creepy game. You know, back when the demo came out, I remember I played it in the mimics, the things that like turn into coffee mugs or just like random items whenever. I thought that those would get a bit old, but so far I've actually still been really enjoying them because they're not overdone. Like it gets to the point where you walk into rooms a lot and there's no mimics in there and you kind of forget about them. You get put, they get pushed in the back of your head and then you'll walk into another room. Like five will just pop up and swarm you and scare the shit out of you. It's actually really fun. And they do a really good job implementing those. And I will say the enemy variety is kind of bland so far. I'm like 10 hours in now and it's mostly been the same enemies but with like elemental variations on them. They're fun to fight though. I haven't really, it hasn't really been dull fighting them so far but i'm starting to get to the point now where i'm just like kind of avoiding them and running away from them because i don't have the ammo to fight them but hopefully that changes up later on because i'm taking my time with the game i'm like exploring everything 
there's a whole bunch of side missions. Like I'm just kind of doing random stuff anymore. I don't even know when I'm progressing the main plot anymore because there's just so much going on in like a million different map markers at once. But um, I'm really, really, really enjoying it so far. I'm very surprised by it. It's a pretty underrated game uh, from what I know. Obviously, that could change as I get further into it. But so far, I'm thinking it's awesome, and I'd highly recommend it to anyone. Sounds awesome. Yeah, sounds good. So definitely have to look out for that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go next because uh, much like you, Max, I haven't been playing much either this week. You know, obviously, um, getting ready for PSX uh, next week because, uh, you know, Mr. Lugo as well as Mr. Tony Polanco and Tatiana, we're all going to be there uh, next weekend. So I haven't had too much time to play uh, really anything. Uh, there is, of course, one thing that I did play. Um, I, I, I got a chance to play by far one of the worst games of 2017. I'm not really sure why I continue to play this game, but uh, I, I did play Dana's favorite game, WWE 2K18. Um, and uh, I wanted to just try out a couple of the DLC characters that are in the game. Uh, I will talk about those characters in more detail when we do the next WrestleCast. But uh, I. Man, um, this game has so many issues. You know, before I said the game was okay, all right, now I say, yeah, the game is trash. You know, I hope that 2K does plan to, uh, you know, um, I don't really know how anybody can look at this series and think it has a bright future, what else they can do to make it better. Because to me, it's just the same old, same old every single year. Um, but I did try to simulate a couple of the pay-per-views that are coming up just to see you know, whether or not the AI is actually intelligent enough to have certain wrestlers win matches. And of course, it, it, they're not intelligent at all. Uh, so very disappointing. Uh, but uh, that in a nutshell is all that I played. I haven't really had a chance to play too many other games. I've just been trying to get caught up on a couple of other games, a couple of different things I'm writing about, a couple of reviews that you guys will see on the site this week. But uh, that's it for me. Uh, Gary, how about you let us know what you've been playing? Okay, so do you want to guess the first game? Uh, I think we already know what that is. That is uh, Overwatch. <laughs> yep, correct. Bingo. Yeah, okay. so um, lots of Overwatch, of course. Um, and also, I had a friend of mine um, named Asad Quadri. Shouts to him. He actually bought me the DLC for The Division so that I could play it with him. So uh, yesterday, you know, we played some some the division, um, you know, um, which was cool to go back to that game and try it out. It's it's definitely fun if you play it with someone. Like I wouldn't play that game by myself anymore. Like, but um, playing it with someone is fun, especially when you um, increase the difficulty. It makes things really intense. I think. So yeah, that was a fun experience playing that with him. Um, and I also had like a craving for some JRPGs. So I picked up Tales of Berseria again. Um, I started playing this game um, earlier this year in January, I think, when it came out. Um, but, you know, I kind of dropped it because there were so many games coming out at that point. Um, and yeah, so it was cool to go back to it and kind of just refresh my memory on what's been going on. Um, and, you know, maybe I'll end up playing a bit more of that. Um, until I get Assassin's Creed, of course. But, yeah, that's pretty much it this week. Sounds good. Absolutely. Uh, Dana, how about you let us know what you've been playing? 
I too have not been playing that much. Um, I have a lot of reviews and a lot of editorials and interviews that I'm trying to catch up with. Everybody's going to be at PSX and I'm going to be here, you know, in New York, writing all the content and making sure everything's all held down on the home front. Um, what I have been able to play, again, everybody should know, I love my Marvel's Lego Superhero 2. That game, again, is so much fun. So it's just more about exploring and there's like 15,000 different characters. So I've been just doing that as well. I did, however, have a very interesting experience yesterday. I attended my very first on, what was it, video game competition show. So a tournament. So that was my, my, it was very interesting. You know, usually I watch other people play video games. You know, it's online, I'm on YouTube, you know, Twitch, stuff like that. So to see it in person was a very different experience. You got to really feel the competitiveness between the two, you know, people who are competing against each other. So it was a lot of fun in that, in that aspect. So I was very happy for that. That's been my gaming experience for this week. Sounds good. Sounds awesome. All right, uh, Mr. Lugo, how about you let us know what you've been playing? So I've been doing a, a bunch of different things. I've been playing some games. Uh, I'm still playing the .hack GU last recode for review. Again, that game is just big, and you can't just really glance over a game like that and just not touch on a lot of different stuff. So I'm trying to figure out how to make that a good review for everybody, hopefully this week before we go to PSX, because we got to get a lot of stuff done before we head out to PSX. Outside of that, though, I actually went and started playing uh, Breath of the Wild on Wii U, believe it or not. Even though it's not the Switch version of the game, I, most people tell me it's the exact same type of game overall in general. So I started playing that, and I'm going to have opinions about that. You know, Hopefully I finish it up before the end of the year when we start having more of those Game of the Year conversations and stuff. But at least I'm glad that I'm able to play it in like a better setting than what I have in the past. Outside of that, though, I've been doing a lot more other stuff outside of just playing games. I actually have a, another unboxing and impressions video for us now on the Plox Bluetooth Levitating Death Star speaker that we have up now on the website, which is pretty damn cool. And what's crazy is, is that that actually came in to us now just in time for Ray Day. If you guys don't know what Ray Day is, it's another one of those internet like holidays that everybody gets excited about because Star Wars The Force Awakens, I think, came out around this time frame. But also, more specifically, The Last Jedi comes out next weekend, and that's a big deal for a lot of people. We got that happening now. We also have the stuff happening with Star Wars Battlefront 2, which is going to be happening this week and next week. We're going to be getting a bunch of DLC, which hopefully I'll be able to check out and hopefully I have impressions about it after PSX. But uh, I actually got a chance to review that speaker and actually just check it out to an unboxing of it. And it's pretty interesting. It, it, definitely, I'm looking at it now. It's levitating as I'm talking, and it's, it's kind of cool. Just a neat little collectible to have. But that's what I've been up to as of late. Sounds awesome. Yeah, I uh, definitely would encourage people to check out that unboxing. I thought that was a very interesting product that, uh, you know, and hopefully it does well considering Star Wars is still big right now. So, yeah, we'll see about that. Um, but, yeah, that pretty much concludes what we have been playing uh, for this week. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into some of the topics. Uh, obviously, as most of you know, not really too much news that went down this week because it seems as though everybody is waiting for the Game Awards and PSX to really drop a lot of news. So, uh, but there were a few things that we felt we definitely wanted to discuss. So, uh, first topic up today is uh, regarding Destiny 2. Um, there's been some issues uh, in the Destiny 2 community for quite a while, uh, and it has to do with the uh, XP that is actually in the game. Uh, Essentially, what we heard is that the devs were throttling the XP earned 
in the game to encourage gamers to buy engrams. Um, obviously, given what has happened, or what's been going on with Battlefront 2, a lot of people are now are taking a deeper look at, you know, microtransactions, so on and so forth. Um, and in regards to Destiny 2 in the engram situation, uh, essentially right now, it's just a situation that, uh, I know Destiny was posted, they know Bungie was supposed to have a live stream this past week to talk about the upcoming DLC expansion, which they canceled, uh, because I guess they wanted to communicate the message a little bit more clearer to people as what's going on with the XP. So, Mr. Lugo, I believe you know a little bit more about this topic, so I'm going to let you describe to us exactly what's going on with Destiny 2. Yeah, sure. So... I didn't get to sit down for the entire stream that they had, which basically, long story short, it was them being a little bit more transparent and being apologetic with how the way that this all looks. Because it does look kind of bad, especially in the wake of all the other stuff that's been going on with loot boxes and microtransactions involving like Star Wars Battlefront 2, uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War, etc. Uh, I think this was a good move by Bungie in order to kind of like just be a little bit more open and have that connection with the the audience and with their community, which I think is great. You don't see a lot of other uh, publishers or developers really doing something like that. So that was a good thing. Uh, a lot of this has to involve the, the amount of XP that's being given for uh, frequent activities that you do in Destiny 2, where it, it, it would give you significantly less XP, especially after you hit level 20 in order to kind of get those bright engrams, which every time that you level up after level 20, you get a free bright engram that gives you a lot of the cosmetic stuff, which is also the same type of stuff that you get in the Eververse store, which is what you pay for real money. It's what you buy that that silver dust or that dust type of, uh, was it, resource in the game, and use that to spend on the different uh, cosmetic stuff that you could buy with your real money. Now, even though uh, the, the, the main thing about this is that this is more of an optics thing, I feel like is why it's such a big deal. Because with everything else that's happening outside of Destiny, you know, in the gaming news and stuff, microtransactions and loot boxes and all this stuff has become a dirty word. I, I've said this a couple times when we've talked about this here on the co-op and even on other podcasts when we talked about other topics. It's just become a dirty word right now and everybody's so sensitive and on edge about it. And I don't blame Bungie for you know wanting to kind of like clarify and kind of be more open about this but i also feel like they had to to an extent granted i'm pretty sure they would have wanted to just talk about curse of osiris and they could have in some form or fashion and just completely ignored this but there was such a visceral reaction on a bunch of different places including i believe it was on reddit at one point that there was like a, some reddit thread where a whole bunch of stuff went down uh but i think it's a good thing that they've kind of done this and they've kind of been like okay we're sorry we understand how this is. We're going to promise to do better. And I think that's good for them to do that because no other company, at least that as far as I could tell right now, has really been that open and been kind of like leveling themselves down with the, with the consumers, with the community, and being able to kind of like speak openly about it. So you, I give them a lot of credit for doing that. But what does this mean for Curse of Osiris? I don't know. I don't know if this is necessarily going to kind of spike or kind of diminish some of the sales of the DLC or, or the player activity. That's going to be on that DLC for the game when it comes out because it comes out in a couple of days. I, I believe it's December fifth is when it drops, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know what that's going to do for the amount of like you know players that are jumping on the on the game with that. But I think it's still a good thing that they were at least able to talk about everything. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I will say this about Destiny Two. You know, I haven't had a chance to go back to Destiny Two because when the game did come out. It was around the time that uh, we had a couple of hurricanes in this area. I know there was a, I had power outage multiple times, and I recall playing Destiny 2 campaign 
at a particular point where I thought I was able to save. And then right as soon as I was getting close to saving, the power shut out. So I haven't had the incentive to go back. Uh, although I will say that um, I did visit a friend last weekend, saw him playing, and definitely am now curious to get back to it, plus knowing that the expansion is coming out. So in terms of the XP thing, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I'm glad that they have been a little bit more transparent about the situation because communication is important. Um, but I definitely intend to jump back into the game and start playing again because I need to see why, you know, a lot of people said the game is great. I still haven't really gotten that far in it yet, so I am intrigued to go back to it. But uh, glad that they are being a little bit more transparent about what's going on. Um, now, Gary, uh, I know that you've been playing Destiny 2. Uh, what do you think about this situation? And, you know, as far as the PC version is concerned, uh, do you think it's still enjoyable or are you already tired of it? Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's a good game. You know, I'm not going to say it's a bad game or anything. You know, it's it's good. It's fun and everything. I just think um, I got kind of bored of it just because not many people I know were playing. Um, so, you know, I haven't really played it much recently. But it's a good game. Now, as for the XP thing, um, you know, I have a theory about this. And um, obviously, you can buy engrams in the game. And the way this works is, um, like, the user on Reddit found out they were um, basically lowering the number of XP you earn after a certain level. I think level 20, the cap or whatever. Um, so, yeah, so they were lowering the amount of XP you get, which means it would take much longer to unlock those engrams. So, you know, that might, you know, um, entice people to actually buy the engrams with real money. Now, this uh, this whole apology, it, it really came out fast, I think. It came out, like, suddenly. So I think they had this this apology prepared, you know, in the wake of what happened with EA. Because um, they knew that they were doing this bullshit, you know, in behind the scenes. But I'm not, you know, I'm not going to fully 100% blame Bungie because I, I do like Bungie. I like what they do. But um, I, I think Activision might put a bit of pressure on them to, you know, to do things like that. Um, because the name of the game is to make more money, of course. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I wouldn't put it past Activision kind of hinting at them, you know, doing doing something like that in the game. Um, and I guess that's why Bungie is so apologetic that, you know, they kind of had to resort to such tactics. Um, but yeah, I think they, they already had this whole apology thing, you know, pre-planned, you know, after what happened with EA. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of, um, you know, big publishers are kind of either adjusting their model or, you know, preparing for some sort of PR disaster if their game has something similar to what Battlefront has. Um, because, you know, obviously it was a lot of bad press mm -hmm. for them. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's cool that they did apologize, I guess. I mean, has has EA made, like, a public apology or anything? I can't remember. No. The, when it came to Battlefront 2, they had that Reddit post that got a lot of negative reaction. And I don't think they had, like, a, like a, an official public apology or any sort of like big statement like that. I know it was reported on in the news over the last like few weeks, but I don't remember them making any sort of like definitive statement other than that they were removing the microtransactions at one point, but that was a while ago. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, that goes to show a lot of differences. So EA didn't even have the courtesy to, you know, publicly apologize. Like, so 
they're just happy to you know milk your milk your cash um you know that was just how they designed the game um obviously they took it off because you know it was such a pr disaster and then pressure from disney and everything but um at least bungie had the courtesy to apologize even though i, I feel like they started writing this apology as soon as the battlefront thing happened but yeah that's my take on it yeah sounds sounds good very good thoughts uh Max, do you have any thoughts on this particular topic? Uh, yeah, I have a few things about this. Um, well, I agree with um, both JJ and Gary in that Bungie, like props to Bungie for putting this apology out. You know, EA didn't do that with the Battlefront stuff, as we were saying. You know, props to them for being transparent with that sort of stuff. But at the same time, this isn't the first kind of bs we've seen with destiny 2 uh i don't know if you guys remember it was probably maybe a month or a month and a half ago now when there was a lot of drama around the end game it was like when people finally started getting to the end game and stuff like that uh there was a lot of complaints that there was like no point to it that there was nothing to work towards this and that you know and all those complaints led to bungie actually coming out with a statement saying oh yeah we're being this collection game now like this destiny 2 isn't supposed to be a grind fest we want everyone to be able to get every weapon this this that and that and different than trying to get people to spend money on microtransactions um i still think that this this is that was more of a case of them being called out and them making an apology for i feel like this is more along those same lines and this kind of backs up what gary was saying about them possibly having this apology prepared since um there was all that ea stuff because i don't know i get that um that bungie and activision want more money and i think that a lot more of this is activision than it is bungie i don't really want to blame bungie for this but i still think that that's kind of it's just more shady stuff coming out of the game you know there's a lot of weird stuff that's come out about destiny 2 and i don't know there was a lot of drama with the first game too and it just seems like this whole franchise just has a lot of stuff that's just kind of not not resounding well with the player base which is annoying because i agree with gary it's a good game it's a fun game i enjoyed destiny 2 for a long time not for a long time i enjoyed destiny 1 for a long time i enjoyed destiny 2 for like the first month it was out and then i haven't gone back to it since because of those end game issues because i was also expecting that kind of grind fest you know that's why i play destiny like people complain they're like why do you want to grind it's like i don't know it's fun and again that's why i play destiny i don't play destiny to just get everything in the first week you know what i mean and they changed that without telling us. And people got mad about that. So this is kind of that same thing. But also at the same time, I don't know. I think the microtransactions in that game are pretty like non-existent. Like they're really, really like pushed to the side. Like there is almost no need to have to get them at all. And like even the ones that are there, like getting bright engrams, I was really excited about it at first, but like to me, maybe I'm just not the target market. There's really nothing in there that like entices me at all. Like I don't even care about getting a bright engram anymore. Maybe that's changed in the past few months because I haven't played it like since early October. But to me, that's just like uh, I don't know. It kind of makes sense that since they're giving you a way to get their paid products in game, it makes a little bit of sense that they kind of slowed down the exp grind. I guess I don't know. To me, it just doesn't seem like a big deal that they did that it's a big deal that they lied or not lied about it but didn't say anything about it i think that's more of the issue here and then it is the fact that they're actually doing that i don't know i could be wrong but that's just my opinion on it 
you know, something. I, I feel like now because a lot of people have reached that point, like you said, the end game after level 20, after completing the main story, after doing all the stuff with the raid and all of this stuff, I feel like it's almost like grasping at straws because and all the time, and I think I played the most Destiny 2 out of everybody here on the panel, correct? Because, again, with all the different times I've been exposed to that game, I never once felt, and I said it in my review and I said it in all the other times that I played it and that we talked about it, I never once felt that I was forced to go to the Eververse store. And, and I feel like the people that I, I think that are making this a big deal are the ones that really care about that cosmetic stuff, that personalized stuff that is really kind of, you know, insignificant to the grand scope of the rest of the game. Like getting the ramen emote or getting the CERN shaders or getting any one of those other things that it's just like, again, that affects your weapons, that changes up a little bit of like the color and stuff. Like you have to be very hard pressed to find someone that really cares about that, like really badly that thinks that that's related to the main portions of the game, which it's really not. So I, I feel like that this is only a product of just a lot of people that are really sticking with the game that have already been doing all that stuff and want to treat it like destiny one, not understanding that destiny two is kind of a different game than what it was before. Cause keep in mind, I feel like those same crowd that are complaining about this now, we're complaining about the opposite thing last time around with destiny one. Because remember, one of the common complaints about Destiny 1 was that it was too much of a grind, that it was a little bit too much tediousness to get certain stuff, and some people didn't like it. Now that they changed it up for Destiny 2, it's a lot more open to a lot more players, which, again, a lot more people are playing Destiny 2 than they were playing Destiny 1. Now, all of a sudden, it's a way too much of a watered-down game. It's a little bit too diluted. It caters way too much to, to, to taking away the grind of what makes that special, which, again, there's almost no pleasing anybody at this point. But either way... I feel like once Curse of Osiris comes out, like a lot, nobody's really going to care about this. And then once that's done and over with, and people have finished that, then they're, it's probably going to be the same thing all over again. There's going to be something else insignificant to complain about. As far as Bungie lying, or as far as Bungie kind of being a little bit shady with this stuff, I don't think it was being shady at all. Because even in my conversations with them directly, when I went to go check out the final build of the game before it came out, like a lot of us that were there, you know, full disclosure, all of us in the media that were there checking out the game prior to release were asking questions about this. And it really wasn't a big deal. And we didn't feel that when we were playing the actual game. Some of us did reach level 20 when we were in that, uh, was it when we were in that kind of like environment playing the game. And obviously things are going to be different than when a game finally releases, you know, out to the mass public. But even then, it wasn't that much of a big deal. And I feel like this is only just happening because there isn't any other new content that has come out as of yet. But I could be wrong. That's just how I feel on the matter, though. Uh, no, I, I agree with all the thoughts pretty much that you guys had to say. I mean, I, I do think that uh, I, I also agree that, you know, with the new content coming out, I mean, that's going to give people more reasons. Like like I said earlier, you know, I haven't played Destiny 2, but knowing that that content is coming out, that has made me interested in jumping back into it. So I'm pretty sure a lot of people who already love Destiny 2 they're looking forward to that also. They don't really care too much about this stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess it just depends on who you ask. Some people don't like it. Uh, others don't. But I don't think it's a big deal um, personally. But, again, I haven't been playing Destiny 2, so maybe it don't affect me as much as it would if I was playing Destiny 2. Um, Dana, do you have any thoughts on this particular topic? No, everyone pretty much said everything that I was thinking. Um, you know, again, Destiny 2 is not something that's my go-to game, so I'm really not affected by this. But it is nice that they're trying to have some type of transparency, but at the same time, you know, it's it's kind of like they're still trying to get away with as much as they can, but they'll have that, you know, apology whenever it's needed. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so, hey, well, I will say I know a lot, I know most of us in here, well, maybe only JJ and myself, we're looking forward to the DLC. Max, maybe not, because Max said he's done with Destiny 2. Uh, so, hey, it is what it is. And we know Gary will, will be playing Overwatch. That is the only game he'll be playing for the next five years. That's a multiplayer game. So, that's, I will that, say that's, it was a very fun game still. But, yeah, I'm just pretty done with it. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Though. Hey, Enjoy nothing it. wrong with that. It's hey, absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's that's all good. But uh, yeah, we'll see about that. So, uh, any other thoughts on this topic? This topic before we move on to the next topic. Oh no, I want to get into this next topic. This is gonna be good. Oh yeah, this next topic is is uh, going to be uh, earth shattering, literally. Uh, so, um. I'm pretty sure all of us here, we've had a chance to see the Avengers Infinity War trailer that dropped earlier this week. Uh, we definitely wanted to give our thoughts on the trailer, uh, pretty much have a discussion about that. Uh, Dana, I know that uh, you have not really had a chance to really say much about it. I, I haven't seen any of your reactions either, so I'm going <laughs> to let you start us off and let us know. So what did you think of the Avengers Infinity War trailer? I'm upset they changed it since the D23 one. I kind of like the original one, and I like that stuff that they added in. But, you know, they clarified a bunch of things that was going on. They fixed uh, Thor's eye, for one, and they took away my planet scene, which to me was like the whole intent and purpose of even watching that trailer. For those who didn't see it beforehand, uh, Thanos throws a planet I believe at Iron Man, it's either a planet or a moon. He grabs it out of the sky and just hurls it at him. So, you know, it took away that wow factor for me. But, man, this was epic. This was just, it was so beautiful. It was. Um, we got a now a better opportunity of knowing that, you know, this, it looks like the Soul Gym is going to be in Wakanda, which kind of makes me, you know, a little afraid because we know how that goes with black people in movies. So um, that part was exciting, minus, you know, what's going to happen to black people in movies. Iron Man got a beat down. Poor little Spider-Man. He's trying as much as he can, you know, to, to be a part of the team. But he needs to just, you know, pack it up and go home. This is a big boys fight. But he's trying, and he's in there. Um, the people who were missing, I'm really interested in this. There wasn't, I didn't get to see Scarlet Witch, and Hawkeye was not in there. So I'm very interested to see how they, those two you come and no, no, Scarlet Witch was in there. I'm sorry. It was Hawkeye who was missing. And it was um, Widow who was not in there. So I'm really interested to see how they come into play. We know that um, Scarlet, not Scarlet Witch, sorry. We know that um, Widow has a, you know, big part in it as well. But we don't know anything about Hawkeye. Hopefully, he, you know, he's enjoying the last moments with his family before they all die. So I'm really excited. It's going to be a lot of deaths, a lot of crying, and it just looks like a big, massive, epic scale. And they're going to go all out because this is the last phase. It's phase four. It's, you know, the ending of everything. So I'm excited. Absolutely. Except for, I don't like what they did with Thanos. They keep changing his appearance. They, they made him look like Josh. That's like my only gripe with this whole thing is I don't like Thanos. Please I do think that was just early CGI, though. I think that that'll be fixed, because I agree it looks awful right now. And he looks it's way better awesome. in whatever movie he was revealed in. What was it, Guardians 1? 
Yeah, there's like mime, there's memes running around with him looking like he looks. Remember the the raisinets, the dancing raisins back in like the nineties. He looks like the raisinets. So somebody did a something. somebody did a Photoshop of him and Bruce Willis. Like that, I saw that was that. Yeah, apparently they switched the actor too. From um, from what it Willis? was. No, he's always been he's no. always been Thanos Brolin. Yeah. Okay, someone he's said always- that like the first time around it wasn't him. Someone said it was a black character, actually, and then they switched it out for Josh Brolin later. I saw this on Twitter. There was a huge thread about it. He did, like, the first teaser. This was before Josh Brolin was even cast. Maybe and that then was later, yeah, Maybe that was it, but they, he's always had that look. They just made him less purple and less menacing. I mean, I, don't, I just saw a big Twitter thread about it, and it was like people were going at it. Um, at one another, like, because some people didn't know this, and I was one of the people that apparently didn't know this. So, are you saying it was fake then? <laughs> it may have been. I didn't look into it any further because I don't know. I just didn't care to. But yeah, it was like really dramatic, and people were like giving death threats and stuff. Yeah, Thanos was first teased years ago when he just did when he simply said like, "I'll do it." It was right after I think Thor two. Was it? God, I don't even remember. Thor 2. No, after Avengers 1. After yeah. Avengers 1? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was like, what, almost 10 years ago? Not yeah. that long. A while ago. Not 10, but... Well, it's like six well, years or um, something. Six years ago feels like 10 years ago. Come on now. So, <laughs> you know, it was a while ago. So, I expect there to be some changes, but it's just a lot compared to what we first saw. Yeah. No, definitely. This looks normal. I just, I don't like it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, so yeah, that, that's, uh, that's some, some interesting thoughts. Uh, I, I'm gonna admit, let Mr. Lugo go next, but before I do that, I just want to make a quick comment uh, about what you said about the planet. I, I really, really think that they wanted to save that scene for another time because I, w- I was speaking to another one of my friends. You know, we both thought the trailer was fantastic. But the, the reason why they removed that particular scene, I guess they don't want to show too much for those that haven't seen the D23 footage. Um, but yeah, they, I think that either that's going to be in the next trailer that they release or, you know, at a later time. But they obviously wanted to save that because when somebody sees that, it's like, wow, that's, you, there's no way you won't get hyped up when you, when you see something like that happen. Um, but we, we will see it at some point. I mean... Well, as long as we say it's okay, you know, I'm even okay with it being in um, part two. I just want there to be some planet throwing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. We'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, Mr. Lugo, uh, what, what were your thoughts on the on the trailer? Uh, was you uh, did you like it or was you a little disappointed? So, right off the bat, I like the trailer. I think it's a very safe trailer, though. And the reason being is because there was so much that was changed from the D23 footage. And I, it's confusing because a lot of the stuff that they had showed there, you would have expected from the reaction that everybody gave, especially at some of the leaked footage, that they would have kept it. Like, obviously, the planet throwing from Thanos, uh, the stuff featuring more of the Guardians. I feel like because of the leak, and because of some of the other stuff in the talk about that trailer or that footage that was shown at D23, it made that short little reveal at the end of this trailer showing the Guardians are about to show up. That obviously diminished it because we all know that the Guardians are going to be there. So why kind of hide that in this trailer? The other thing also, too, which I thought was interesting or whatnot, 
is that the other trailer I felt like was a little bit much more grim. This one, it, it felt grim, like obviously with, with Thanos' monologue and what you're seeing there. And we all know there's going to be some real big stuff that goes down. But the other one sh uh, showed, or at least the footage from D23, showed a lot more footage of the Guardians getting their asses kicked and, and, and the Avengers getting their asses kicked. Even though there was some stuff here, including Spider-Man, uh, Iron Man gets punched out by Thanos. And that stuff was interesting and it was cool also finally seeing Thanos put one of the stones in the gauntlet. One of the things that we did get confirmed in this trailer is that in some of the footage of what we've seen thus far, he's only got two of the stones. He's got the power stone. He's got the space stone so far, which is the Tesseract and the, the, the orb one, the purple stone from Guardians of the Galaxy 1. And that's interesting. Now, we obviously don't know how many stones he's going to have by the end of this movie, but more than likely, you're going to think, and from what other footage that was leaked, because remember, before this trailer dropped, there was some extra leaked footage about Thanos and the Guardians actually going back to the Collector's uh, Palace or the Collector's area and just destroyed it. And it's Thanos having a monologue with the Collector. He goes to get the, the Aether, the, which is the red Infinity Stone. So more than likely, he's going to have at least four, if not five, if not, if not all the stones by the end of this film. More than likely. Again, we're still not sure or not. But again, my biggest thing out of this general, why I said it was so safe, is because they held back a lot of the Guardian stuff. And I felt like, again, some of the other real kick-ass moments that they had from that D23 footage that people loved was, not, was nowhere to be found in here. There was maybe a couple scenes. Obviously, we got to see the Iron Spider stuff, which seeing it more in a more clear setting, we could see that the, the eyes light up for Spider-Man which I thought was a nice, neat touch because, again, that's the same type of thing that you see from Iron Man's suit, and it makes sense because that's Tony Stark's tech in that suit. And also, we get to see some more of the different Avengers, the different Marvel characters in pairings and in groupings. We obviously see Stark. We see uh, Doctor Strange. We see Wong. We see Bruce Banner, who's finally back on Earth afterwards, after all that stuff goes down. So obviously... Compared to the D23 footage, we get a little bit more clarity about what happens after that stuff goes down at the end of Thor Ragnarok it leading into Avengers Infinity War. So there were some neat little gems and nuggets of info that we could kind of infer from what's going on. There's some cool Easter eggs in there too. I think it is dope, the very last shot that you see instead of the, the planet stuff from D23 that you get to see all those Avengers uh, together in Wakanda. I thought that was a cool money shot. With, with characters from Black Panther. You could see Sam Wilson, the Falcon. You could see uh, War Machine. A lot of people were confused, by the way. That was not Iron Man in that shot. That was War Machine. That was Rhodey. Like that, along with Captain America, uh, was it Black Widow, the Hulk in the background, and everybody else that was there in Wakanda. So we all know there's going to be a big battle in Wakanda, and it looks like it's going to be pretty freaking dope. What I'm curious to know, though, by the time we get our second trailer for this film leading into next year, is if we're going to see more of Thanos's uh, peoples his uh, was his Black Order, which is the actual bad guys who are the people or the aliens that come with him and go to Vision to get the, the actual Mind Stone from him, which is when he's going in that scene when he's screaming. That's them taking the Mind Stone from him. But we didn't really get to see good shots of them, you know, full on at all in this trailer. Maybe in the next trailer we get a little bit more of that. So, And, and another thing I want to comment on before I pass along. One of the things that I read about of why Thanos's uh, look is changing so much, which I read from a couple different interviews and, and postings about it, is that this uh, this particular movie is supposed to be focused a lot more on Thanos gathering the stones, which again, which is why I kind of go back to Thanos, how many stones he's going to have by the end of the film. But 
one of the comments that they made in some of the interviews, I believe it was the Russo brothers that commented on this, was saying that this is a more of a personalized, you know, spiritual journey for Thanos because he feels like he's the only one that could do this. And it's like a manifest destiny type of thing for him to do so in order to please death and do all this other stuff. That's why he's not wearing his armor from Guardians of the Galaxy that we've already seen him in, which is that big kind of like war armor. He's not really so much of a warlord. He's trying to become a god which I thought was interesting, but I want to get more clarity on it when I finally see the film or at least leading up to the film because if he's like this in this film, I mean, it doesn't really bother me that much, but by the next film that we see him, because it's going to be more based on the Infinity Gauntlet storyline, at least that comic storyline from uh, Jim Starlin, uh, I think it's going to be a lot more cooler to see him in his full garb, in his full armor, with the Infinity Gauntlet fully complete because then it's going to be a little bit much more attuned to the comics and it's going to make the stakes feel a little bit much more that more drastic than how whatever bad or however grim it's going to get in this movie. So that's just my thoughts on it. I thought it was a good trailer, though. I'm hyped up. I'll tell you right now, it broke the internet. It got the most views in a single day, I believe it is, for any trailer that it came out up to this point which is pretty awesome. That, that's really the testament to the power of the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point now. It did, it's doing so much more better, or at least, you know, as cinematic universe-wise, than what's been going on on the other side of the, the, the pond, which is DC. So, pretty cool. Uh-oh, shots fired at the end of that, uh, the end of that um, <laughs> description. Uh, some great thoughts. Uh, I'm going to move it over to Max, but I will say one other thing I also did uh, know what you're talking about was in regarding that article because I did hear that they want this to be somewhat of a heist type of film. So it, it makes sense to for, to see Thanos, you know, slowly get all the stones. And then, of course, you know, some people, he's going to have to take out a lot of people on his way to this journey as well as once he has all the stones. So I'm curious to see which people don't make it. I did see uh, Wesley in the chat. Well, no, that's Black Star in the chat mentioned uh, Rest in Peace, Loki. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to happen, uh, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so, uh, Max, uh, what are your thoughts on the trailer as a whole? <laughs> um, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts that um, haven't already been said. I thought it was dope. It really has me hyped up for a Marvel movie. I'd have to say it's funny because it kind of reminded me of the Age of Ultron trailer in terms of, like, feeling dread and stuff and we all know how that movie wasn't actually dark at all <laughs> so i hope to god that infinity war is actually dark and i feel like it actually will be this time around um but what i actually wanted to say was you guys are talking a lot about how they cut some of those scenes from the uh from the d23 trailer and i think the reason they're doing that is alongside what rich said i think they're waiting for those scenes for like maybe like the launch trailer or like right before the movie comes out or something because you have to remember that d23 footage and everything that's more for like people like us people who really follow this sort of stuff whereas the casual audience who like only knows about this stuff from like the general news or like just the online trailer or just like um tv like tv commercials and stuff like that like they'll be watching tv like the week before the movie comes out they'll see that trailer and that'll be stuck in their head forever whereas the people in the, or that'll be stuck in their head for the week before they go see the show. Whereas people like us, we're going to be talking about it up until then. They'll see this trailer. They'll forget about it. They'll, it'll stay in the back of their head until the next trailer, until the next trailer, and then the movie, you know? Whereas um, us, we're talking about it forever. We're going to keep bringing it up because it's very, very freaking cool, and it appeals directly to us. Like, that D23 footage appeals directly to us. And I think that'd be a good idea um, if that's the case. But, yeah, overall, I really, really enjoyed the trailer. I still have to see uh, Thor 3. So some of the stuff was kind of weird to me, like the eye patch. But um, 
yeah, I plan on seeing that soon. I haven't been watching many movies lately, but I want to catch up and see that one uh, before Infinity War. Because Infinity War, I'm going to see day one. That shit looks awesome. I can't wait. So, uh, spoiler alert, yeah, anyone who hasn't seen Thor and they saw this trailer like Max did, you need to go see Th Thor 3 to find out why that is. Um, but can I also say ahead. really quickly, yeah. the reason why I think that they switched a lot of the footage around was during D23 debut, Thor 3 has not came out yet. So then by putting all of that Guardian of the Galaxy, the Thor stuff in there, I think it was to really get hyped for the next movie, which was the Thor 3. And we just came off of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So it was to get people excited. The reason why they switched it now to a lot of Wakanda-type footage is because what's next? Black Panther. And while people are already excited for Black Panther, I mean, come on, day one, Black Panther, we finally made it. Um, it is to introduce a lot of the people and to get people who have not, maybe have not really seen that much of the trailer or really know that much about Black Panther to get excited for the movie that's coming up now. So I definitely appreciated seeing them in the infinity trailer because we have the black panther movie that's coming up to look forward to so i expect that to happen so yay that is a very that's a that's a great point actually yeah it's a very smart way to uh do things to tease us you are correct. the footage just like okay and then on top of that guardians 2 was not that great so uh -oh. it just didn't make any sense no it was terrible i'm sorry but it didn't make any sense <laughs> But, you know, next thing you want to get us for looking forward to is like, yes, we have Infinity War, but we do have two other movies in between that. So please check out Black Panther, which is going to be first. So I like the putting in that detail and switching it around. And we get to see more black people before they all die. Absolutely. Uh, well, we definitely are going to have to talk more in depth about uh, before we get to actual Infinity War. Uh, maybe do a podcast on uh, some of the, uh, you know, all the lead up towards it, perhaps in the future. We'll, we'll consider that. But uh, Gary, uh, I know that you saw this trailer about five times, and I believe that you suffered a massive heart attack after you saw it. So let us know what you thought about the Infinity War trailer. <laughs> yeah, you're not lying at all. So this this trailer came out on Wednesday and I happened to be at work that day. I was in the office and everything. And um, I actually do social media in my work. Like one of my clients, I do social media for them. So, you know, while I was running their Twitter feed and everything, um, I saw, you know, Infinity War was trending. And then I started to see like GIFs and, you know, images and stuff. And I just started getting excited instantly. I was like, oh man, I can't believe this trailer dropped right now. Like I can't even watch it. Now I could have watched it to be honest. Cause um, you know, the client I work for, they're cool and everything. They wouldn't mind if I watched it and stuff, but I wanted to pace myself. I wanted, I wanted it to be perfect when I saw that trailer. Like I, I needed to not be at work. I needed to be somewhere else, you know, in, I, I needed to be in comfort so I could fully process it. And um, when it finally came time to watch it, man, I, I had a nerdgasm, like, straight up. Like, I loved that trailer. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I'm not really fussed about them dropping scenes from the, uh, the D23 uh, trailer or whatever. Because, like, I, like I, I, the thing I hate about trailers with, with all these big movies, like the, the comic book movies and stuff, is I feel like they show too much sometimes. 
So I'm actually really happy with this trailer because it shows just enough. Like it gives you a general idea of what's going to be going on throughout the film. But then you also feel like there's a lot that we haven't seen yet. There's going to be a lot of surprises, a lot of secrets as well. And I like that because, you know, that that Spider-Man trailer that came out like before the film, like it showed way too much. Like I felt like I saw the whole film already before I saw it. So I don't, I don't want that to happen with Infinity War. And if there is another trailer like that releases a week before the movie comes out, I'm not going to watch it, to be honest, like because I just want the movie. I just want to be like, I just want to experience it. And if I happen to pass away before that movie comes out, I'm going to slap someone in the afterlife like because that that can't happen. I need to see that film. But um, yeah, man, uh, I had some more thoughts, but I kind of forgot. But um, I do want to say that I hope Dana is one of the people who's writing this film because I want to see a lot of people die in this film. Like cause <laughs> the, the, the stakes have to be really high, man. Like a lot of people have to die, I think. Everyone's dying. Yeah, all the black characters, of course, you know. Well, um, War, War Machine. Goodbye, War Machine. You know, he's going to die. God, he's gone. Falcon, gone. Everyone. But there was there was um, an interview that the Russo brothers did, and they said that they had a list that they was able to choose from of the people who was going to die. So it's very interesting how they're going to end up choosing who dies. Yeah, but do you know what I think is going to happen, though? I think we're going to get a lot of high-profile deaths as well, like characters you won't expect to die. But what I think is going to happen in in the next Avengers movie following, you know, obviously we're dealing with stones here that, you know, can manipulate the universe. So there's a, there's a time stone. There's, you know, a, a, I forget what the rest are actually. But, yeah, there's different stones that do different things. So they can bring some people back if they really want to. So yeah, I, I think, heard that. Guys, but they're gonna just bring back they're gonna go back in time yeah like i wouldn't i wouldn't be shocked if they did something crazy like kill spider-man to be honest with you spider-man's already dead you you saw that trailer he's just, he's gone <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> what i was thinking like dead. and obviously tony stark was crying like who would he cry for either war machine or spider-man right no he would cry for war machine more Pepper. than spider-man and yeah, also Cap, uh, yeah. I think Cap too, as well, to an extent, yeah. even though those two are fighting, technically. Yeah, he, he, I think he'd cry for a lot of people, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, and I think what Max just said about Pepper, yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a very good one. Yeah, Pepper. Because oh. yeah, some innocent bystanders probably also going to get killed also uh, to fuel, to let people know how serious this really is, you know. Poor Aunt May. And, and what I think will happen is I think Perhaps um, they'll lose the entire Earth at the end of that film, and then the next one will just be in space. I think that might that's a possibility. Yeah, well, when I, when I was doing the interview with um, Terry, oh gosh, I could notes. Oh gosh, it's what, the Nolan. guy who no, it's one of the in Affinity who's in who's doing both part two and one, and he said that it's going to take place. You know, the first one is going to be more like earth planet bound and then the other one is going to be more in space so we have that aspect to look forward to if you read the arc the comic arc like the actual infinity gauntlet storyline that's exactly what happens because most of it takes place on the sanctuary section which is in space away from earth because all the heroes go to attack thanos 
which is a big deal. And that's a lot also where most of the other deaths that happen within the, the Marvel's uh, universe that goes on during that storyline. So it'll be interesting if they take that type of notion and something like that does happen to the earth where like stuff gets like really, really bad. And they end up having to go towards where uh, Thanos' ship or Thanos' sanctuary is at. Keep in mind, also, after Avengers Infinity War, we're getting Captain Marvel. So whatever is going to happen as far as, like, the cause and effect or at least stuff that goes on in Infinity War might also be felt in those other movies afterwards. Because I believe it's Spider-Man 4 or Spider-Man 2, Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming 2, and then Captain Marvel, which takes place in the 90s. And then there's supposed to be another movie before that, before Avengers, uh, uh, Avengers 4. So, 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 in other words, the very good points. In other words, we'll we'll, we'll see Samuel Samuel L. Jackson return to get killed in in, uh, in, uh, in the second part of uh, of uh, Avengers. I'm pretty sure he'll be angry about that, but uh, you know, we'll see. He he's made money. He seems like he's cool with it, but yeah. <laughs> and I also was wondering how it will affect the TV you know, aspect, their, you know, their world, because they do allude to it. And I just hope they just don't call it, you know, the second incident. But, you know, they actually address what happens in the movies when it comes to the TV shows. I, I, I like to make a very quick comment. I think Gary's about to make a comment. But I will say this, if it does, if it does impact the Netflix series or any of the stuff that goes on in that universe, I, would, I hope Thanos does make an appearance in Iron Fist Season 2, and kills off Iron Fist. But uh, go ahead, Gary, because I think you were about to say something. <laughs> well, yeah, I definitely can't top that. I, I hope that happens. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, like to me, it felt like the uh, in the last few Marvel um, TV shows on Netflix, it felt like they were kind of distancing themselves from you know being loosely connected. But now that Disney is actually um, taking those series and putting them on their own, um, you know, network. Maybe they will try and tie it into uh, the the movies a bit more moving forward because, like, they just they'll they'll have complete control over everything, so they can pretty much do what they want. So maybe you know, maybe they will reference it. I mean, you kind of have to because a they, big event like that. They'll end up doing that first on Agents of Shield before they do it on the Netflix shows. I feel like because they've done that at least at this point. They did it in in the past after I believe it was Winter Soldier at one point, or at least after the first or second Avengers movie where they refer to the incident and stuff. But I, I don't know if they're necessarily going to be like that or at least, you know, try to connect the dots too much between the Netflix stuff that's going on and what's going on in the movies. Because remember, there's already a lot going on with the Netflix shows that people already have to keep track of. And granted, it's still within the same universe like that. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like it's going to take way too much time and it's going to take away a, a lot from what's going on with those series, specifically with the Defenders leading into Punisher and what comes afterwards to kind of bring in all the stuff that's happening in the movies. Granted, even though that's what we want, I don't think any of us would have a problem with it. But if you really think about it, okay, some of the people that do follow those Netflix shows like that are already so invested with the Defender storyline, or at least what how it's all set up within the city of New York, like that. I mean, again, I could be wrong though. Does anyone even still watch Agents of Shield? Like, I don't even know what's going Good on. Good point. Good question. <laughs> and keep in mind the the. Don't forget about the Inhumans. That's a whole other thing that they kind of just yeah, dropped. No, that show, that show is done. It's done. There's no season two. There should be an explanation. You know, Thanos threw the moon, so therefore they're all dead. But no, oh, the show amazing. is done. No one watches that show. Even ABC was like, we screwed up. Jeff Loeb was like, I'm sorry, guys. It's done. Jeff Loeb was like, yo, my bad. 
My bad. <laughs> Let's get back to Agent of Shield. When, he did, when they did the the Runaways um, screening, he was there making fun of the show. So it's not coming back. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So hey, um, I don't know if you guys had any any other thoughts you want to say about uh, Infinity War. I know we're all looking forward to it. I believe it's May fourth. It'll be hitting theaters. You know, I'm pretty sure we'll see another trailer before then. But uh, any any other thoughts on Infinity War uh, before we move on to the next topic? I'll tell you right now, seeing that trailer gets me hyped up for Black Panther even more. Even though I think we were all hyped up for Black Panther, you know, seeing what's coming down the line and what we got to be set up for leading into it, I, I cannot wait to go see Black Panther. Especially if they address that last Infinity Stone in that movie with, with the whole Soul Gem and stuff. I agree. I agree. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if, um, if at the end of Black Panther it just leads right into Infinity War. Like we we see a uh, you you know um, there was that big machine that Spider Man saw in the sky or whatever in the trailer. Like I wouldn't be surprised if like we see s- something like that like at the end of Black Panther or something like, and it just leads right into Infinity War. That's what they That'd did with Thor. Done. That's what they did exactly with Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert for those of y'all who haven't seen Thor yet. But, yeah, go see that also. But, yeah, um, looking forward to checking out the movie. Uh, we'll obviously talk more about it once we know more information. If there's another trailer, we'll definitely talk about it in the future. But, um, yeah, definitely check out the trailer if you haven't, and definitely try to catch up on all the films if you haven't because you still have a, quite a bit of time to do that. So, uh we're going to move on to the next topic, and uh, this is uh, going to be a special Swift's rant. Uh, so, Swift, uh, I'm going to give the uh, floor to you right now to discuss this particular topic. Okay, yeah, um, I'm definitely going to have JJ chime in on this after, you know, because, you know, we're the turn-based crew. But, yeah, for those who don't know, um, a long time ago, years ago, I, I used to have, like, a, a, blog, a, a vlog series called Swift's Rant where I used to rant about stuff or whatever, but I kind of stopped doing it, you know. But um, basically, you know, I just wanted to bring that title back just to run about something, just to vent about something I'm slightly annoyed with. So Square Enix, um, we all know how love how, how much I love the, the Final Fantasy series. And, you know, Final Fantasy XV was a great game that came out last year. And there's been some good DLC packs as well that, that have, has come out for it. Um, and we recently just got the, um, you know, the online portion of the game, which is cool. Now, um, what I'm annoyed about is that they've said that they're going to continue pounding out content for 15, you know, in 2018. So, you know, they're still going to continue um, supporting this game. Now, 15 was great, but... I th- I personally think it wasn't that monumental for them to still be, you know, working on that game. I think they would be better served, you know, um taking all the resources that they're dedicating to this game and putting it into Final Fantasy 16 or one of the other remaining games that we're waiting for like, you know, Final Fantasy 7 remake or Kingdom Hearts even, you know. Like I don't understand why they're still continuing this like cuz that's this is like labor that they could be putting elsewhere like nobody i haven't heard anybody actively say that they want more content for 15 like we all acknowledge that it was a it was a good game you know it served its purpose we loved it you know i loved it 
Max loved it. JJ liked it, I think. Um, and yeah, like we all liked it. It was, it was good. It was, it served its purpose, but it's time to move on to the next one now. And we still have like tons of games that we're still waiting for. You know, Dissidia, which is coming soon, thankfully. Um, Final Fantasy VII, Kingdom Hearts. There's, there's so much stuff. They're doing a lot of mobile stuff. I think they're just wasting their time doing this, to be honest with you. Like, um, even with the online thing, it's something that people probably logged on to try for like one day or something and then moved on with their lives. Like nobody's trying to play 15 online long term. Like you got Final Fantasy 14. Like if you want to play an online Final Fantasy, you can just go play that. So, yeah, I'm just a bit annoyed that um, like I think their focus is just in the wrong place right now. I think they should just swiftly move on to 16 if they're not already developing that and just, you know, allocate these resources somewhere else because there's so many games that we want from Square Enix right now. And this just seems like a waste to me personally. But um, I definitely want to pass over to JJ and see what he thinks about this. And you guys can also chime in. Well, I, I think he stepped away for a quick second, but I, I do have something I want to say about this. Uh, uh, I believe uh, I was watching a video last night, and I believe that uh, another Final Fantasy 15 episode is coming out this month. Um, I, I never played Final Fantasy 15. I still haven't played it after all this time, even though I said, oh, yeah, I'll definitely try it out. I haven't had a chance to play it, so I don't really remember the main character they were talking about whose episode is coming out this month. But, uh, oh, Ignis. Okay. All right. So, um, I mean, I, I, I will say this. Square Enix has a lot of games dropping next year. Uh, Final Fantasy Remaster, I don't know about that, but I do know they have a, a quite a bit of games dropping within the first three months of 2018. You know, they have, uh, of course, the uh, Dissidia Final Fantasy NT game. That's coming out January 30th. Um, then, of course, you have The Secret of Mana. Uh, I mean, it, they have, it, it's a lot of different games because I, I recall when I went to a Square Enix event back in PAX West, I mean, all of those games that I played there are coming out it, within the first three months of, of uh, 2018. So there is something coming, but in, in terms of Final Fantasy, you know, I don't really know what's going on with uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remaster. Um, I know they said 2018 is going to be a very big year for Final Fantasy fans. I don't really know what they mean, what that means, because I thought that uh, that that remaster game is still a long ways away from getting done. But uh, I don't really know. I mean, possibly, maybe we could see something at PSX. Who knows? We'll talk about that soon. But uh, I mean, I guess uh, at this point, just got to give them time to, you know, develop whatever they're working on. Uh, they they need they need the time to finish that stuff, and then I guess eventually they'll provide updates when they feel as though they are ready to provide an update. Kingdom Hearts three, I know this is a game a lot of people are looking forward to. They cannot mess that game up because people have been waiting for that game. So I think at this point, you know, we have to give them some time to figure out what they're doing with all these games because they have, like I said, there's a ton of games they have that they're dropping next year. But uh, in regards to Final Fantasy, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Final Fantasy. Uh, are people still playing Final Fantasy 15? That's a question that I would have. Uh, Max, uh, have you? Uh, are, are you interested in going back to the DLC, or uh, are you not interested in, in even bothering with that at this point? 
So <clears throat> this is interesting because, like Gary said, I absolutely loved Final Fantasy 15. I still think about that game daily. I love that game so much. Um, but I haven't touched the DLC at all, even though I guess I own the season pass because of my brother. So I do own it. Um, but I just, I don't know. I haven't felt any drive to go back. I did go back for that free DLC pack when they did the carnival or whatever, like the first one ever, like right after the game came out. I think it was like the next month, um, which was fine, but that was pretty lackluster. And I think that kind of turned me off. And also I know that episode Gladio was not received very well. Like I remember Gary and JJ's thoughts specifically are what turned me off of it. Um, It's still something I think I would like to go back to at some point, but I just, A, I haven't had the time and B, there's just so many other things to play. And I just know that nothing in that they, that they're going to bring to the game will just, pull me in like it, the final fantasy 15 did because part of what pulled me in was the long journey with those four characters like i loved those four characters and spending time with them that was the reason i loved the game so much more than anything else and you know getting to know more about them in each of these episodes is really cool that is something i was interested in and i remember first hearing about the dlc packs i was like oh that's gonna be so cool but again what i've heard from the reactions to them is that they range from bad to just fine and that just doesn't pull me in anymore. I don't know. I do want to go back to it. I may at some point. I can't promise that I will. But I don't know. It's just, it's cool, I guess, that they're doing this. They're doing like a whole, they're making this into a freaking universe, just like Final Fantasy XIV, even though that's an actual MMO. It seems like they're making this almost an MMO, like a single player MMO. It's weird. And then they're adding the multiplayer, which I don't care for at all, because like I said, I care about the characters, not anything else. And then I guess it's cool that they're adding character switching. Um, I don't really care for that either, though. I don't know. Like I said, it's just not none of it. It, it seems all kind of lackluster at the end of the day. It's cool that they're doing this. It's something different, but eh, a big eh on all of it. <laughs> Terrible. Horrible. Thought you were supposed to be more supportive of this uh, franchise, Max. Uh, it's all good, though. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah, I said uh, it was an amazing game. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, well, you you guys would know more than me because I still haven't played it. So, um, so Mr. Lugo, now, do you agree with what Gary is saying that uh, Final Fantasy, well, well, Square Enix should focus more on the other Final Fantasy games outside of fifteen, or do you think it's it's good that they're still giving us content for Final Fantasy fifteen? I think it's good for them, and I, I granted, Square Enix is kind of you know a little bit spread out thin because they got a lot of stuff, a lot of big things in the works that are supposedly coming sometime soon. But in regards to Final Fantasy 15, I don't mind the extra content. I think the extra content is great. I think it makes sense because this is the Final Fantasy that a lot more people have played. That that's a little bit much more kind of you know open. To, to newer players of the series. Again, it's called, at the very beginning of the game, when you boot it up, it says a Final Fantasy for first-timers and fans alike. Like, again, there's a lot of first-timers out there that never played any of the classic Final Fantasy games, even the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 games in the franchise. Like, a lot of people, this is their first real Final Fantasy game outside of the people that played 13 and 13-2 in that whole series. And I was one I think of those that, people. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I, I think that... You know, this is good because it is uh, it, it did well, and there's a lot of people that know Final Fantasy 15 at this point. I think it's also interesting that this is the first Final Fantasy game that I've seen from Square Enix that they've uh, they've been more open about doing collaborations with other companies. 
you know, in regards to our characters. Because keep in mind, in Tekken's, I don't know if you guys saw this, Tekken 7 is getting Noctis as a playable character. That's at random. That's like a left field random. You wouldn't expect something like that. It, we thought it was crazy when they had Akuma or Geese from King of Fighters show up in that game. Now we got five RPG characters showing up in there. Like, it's a little bit random, but it, but it's good for Final Fantasy 15 and it's good for Square Enix because it's going to expose that and kind of get more people talking about that to a lot more people. And that's great. So in regards, though, to, to wasting resources and, and into that game and, and instead of working on other stuff, I don't think it's necessarily wasting resources. I think it's good that they're capitalizing on the popularity of 15. But I am kind of with Gary where they should be focusing on getting some of these other games out now. Like, again, we have Final Fantasy VII Remake, which we still don't know a lot about, about you know, up until what we've been told, you know, since like the last like year or so. Uh, granted, we haven't heard any new uh, breaking news or anything that's like a new development with that game ever since we last saw that tr- last trailer that came out. Uh, the only thing that we know of recently, and we even talked about this before we started the podcast, was that the cloud, the specific cloud from Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to make an appearance in Mobius Final Fantasy. And that's all we know. That, that's, all, that's all what's good with Final Fantasy VII Remake right now at this current moment. So I, I don't know what's up. Same thing also with Kingdom Hearts 3, which we granted we got a trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3 not too long ago, and hopefully we're supposed to be getting some sort of release window or release date at some point into next year or the following year. But there's still all these different things to do. And then also, keep in mind, we got a Dragon Quest game that's coming out from them that's supposed to be on Nintendo Switch. You know, there's a lot of different stuff that Square Enix could be focusing on. I think they just got a lot on their plate at the current moment. So... Is it really kind of impeding on one thing or another? I'm not sure. I'm not there looking at the inner workings of Square Enix. But I do know that as long as it's good, good content that's being put out for Final Fantasy XV, I'm, I'm okay with that as long as I get all these other games. I will tell you one thing, though. When I said this after I tried the beta for the Comrades DLC, the multiplayer content for Final Fantasy XV, because I didn't like it. I thought it was bad. I thought it was terrible, even for a beta by that standard. I'm more about giving me the single player content. Give me the extra story scenarios. Give me the extra stuff that's going to be a compliment or at least going to be complemented by all the extra like little features of the character switching, you know, the swapping and stuff. All the extra kind of like, you know, little tidbits of like updates that they've been releasing for Final Fantasy 15. Have all that stuff alongside extra story-based content either before the end of the story or during the middle of the story that we didn't get before and I'm down with it and I'm cool with that. I just wasn't down with the multiplayer content for that game. I always felt like Final Fantasy 15 should have always been a single player game. We should have never gotten the Comrades DLC. After I played it, I felt that's exactly how I felt. So that's my thoughts on the matter. Sounds good. So, uh, Gary, do you have any other thoughts uh, before I go to Data? Because, you know, I know Data's a Final Fantasy fan also. Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything um, JJ said. And, um, like, my final thought on it is, like, they there was – it was such a long development cycle with um, 15 because obviously it was called versus 13 first and it was going to come out on the PS3. So like, it was such a, a long and strenuous process for this game that I think it's, you know, almost a miracle that they, they were able to put it out and that it was actually like really good because obviously there was a lot of uh, difficulties with the project. Um, obviously they dropped it for a period of time and, and they picked it back up and kind of redid it and everything. Um, but I think they should just see that as a success and, you know, the fact that, you know, they've managed to put out enough DLC this year. And uh, I think that they should just be happy with that and move on to the next game, like, because they could be working on the next Final Fantasy instead of continuing to support this one 
Whereas I think people have had enough of it kind of already. Like we've got everything we want from this game. So um, they should just move on to the next one, I think. Yeah, but like, yeah, like, yeah, like so in other words, like JC, like Jay-Z said, on to the next one, right? That's what you're saying. Exactly. Uh, all right. <laughs> well said. Uh, Dana, you have any thoughts on Final Fantasy 15? I, I don't really know if you've ever played the series. I know I still haven't played the game, so obviously, you know, maybe eventually, but I don't, I, I don't know when that's going to happen. But do you have any thoughts? Yes, I've played the series. Yes, oh. I do have thoughts. I agree with Mr. Jay-Z, you know, and Mr. Swiss Beats. It should be on to the next one. This is getting ridiculous. I, you know, there's only so much that you can do to a game. And for, you know, its fans, I feel that they're just wasting money, wasting resources and time. And they need to work their energy onto creating the next game. Or heck, even Kingdom Hearts. So, you know, we have something before, you know, the end of the world, perhaps. That would be nice. Um, I just feel that it ends up watering down the product. The more you keep up with these, you know, um, DLCs and these updates and everything else that they plan on doing for it, it's watering it down. And it's getting to the point where are we ever going to get a new Final Fantasy game? Because to me, it just doesn't feel like it. It just feels like I'm being teased, and that's just, you know, the big joke of life is them creating another Final Fantasy or even, heck, the Kingdom Hearts game. What's going on with that? So this, to me, I feel is just not necessary. I don't like it at all, and I'm getting very bored and frustrated with the whole process. Yeah, so good, good thoughts all around. Uh, I'm... What I will say is this, as someone who has not played Final Fantasy XV, is uh, I agree with a lot of what has been said on both sides. You know, I, I don't really think it's a bad idea to have more content, but uh, obviously they need to provide updates on the other games that people are looking forward to. Like I said, Kingdom Hearts 3, that is a, a huge game that a lot of people, uh, they, they want more information on, so they definitely need to provide some updates on that, as well as Final Fantasy VII a Remake. So hopefully they do plan to do that. You know, as, again, Square Enix said, 2018 is going to be a huge year for Final Fantasy fans. So I would hope that next year we're going to see more on these games. You know, but uh, we'll see. The ball is in their court. So uh, we'll see what happens. But um, I believe now uh, we, we've all said enough about Final Fantasy. Uh, so we're going to move on to the next topic. And this is obviously going to be something that uh, a lot, you know, we don't really know too much about what is going to get announced at the Video Game Awards show or PSX, to be, to be quite honest. But we're going to definitely talk about a couple of things we think are going to be a big deal at both of these shows. So we're going to start off with the Video Game Awards show, which takes place uh, Thursday night. Uh, we definitely will be watching live. Uh, perhaps we will have a podcast uh, talking about some of the thoughts of who won, um, as well as if there are any major reveals. I don't really know if there's going to be any earth-shattering reveals at this show. But uh, I just wanted to ask you all if you had any predictions as to what may actually be revealed at the Video Game Awards show. Um, and I'm actually going to start with you first, Dana. So, uh, you know, you don't have to think that it, you don't have to uh, worry about copying anything that we already said. So how about you start us off? Sorry. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Wait. Yeah, <laughs> unmute. Here. Um, I don't really see anything really that big. Well, when it comes to predicting probably who will win, I do see, I hope, is, um, you know, I want something with Mario. Mario was just, it came out of nowhere. And it was just a game that was just, I, I hate to say perfect, but it really felt that way to me. It was able to capture both nostalgia and bring forth something that's new and very fresh and original. And I love that about it. Um, to me, that's the main thing of which I'm looking for when it comes to some type of announcement. Um, Death Stranding. That's really the only thing that I'm kind of looking forward to for them to say something, even like a little sneak of a more of a trailer, you know, even a little monologue I'm good with. But those would be like the only two things that I'm looking forward to. Sounds good. Um, so, uh, Mr. Lugo, uh, what predictions do you have as far as video game award show? Um, as far as like reveals are concerned, I think the only safe one that we could kind of really infer at this point, based on what we've been seeing from Jeff Keighley and posted up around on social media, is that I think that we're going to finally see another thing from Death Stranding. And I don't know if it's necessarily going to be gameplay. I think it'd be very interesting if we finally got to see the first gameplay reveal of that game. But I feel like maybe we get another CG trailer from Kojima because Kojima and Guillermo del Toro just got confirmed that they're going to be presenting a uh, award there. And also Kojima's on one of the the, the judges for uh, one of the committees for choosing one of the, a couple of the winners, I believe it is, or at least in specific categories. But he's going to be there. And they made it a very clear point. And I think Jeff made it a very, very clear point that Kojima will be there in some big fashion. So it only makes sense for him to show something or at least to tease something for his next uh, project, which is, which is Death Stranding. And I think that'd be very cool. The other thing also, because there's a very big Nintendo presence this year, I feel like Nintendo is also going to bring something. Now, I don't know what that something necessarily is, if it's like a tease for like a new project or anything of the sort. I don't think we're going to get anything big or crazy like the a Metroid Prime 4, like, you know, a next showing or like another teaser that game. I don't think it's going to be anything that big because Nintendo you will show up to the show, but it's not re really like a big deal for them. They're just there just to kind of like, you know, show like, hey, we're Nintendo, we're awesome, get our reward and just keep it moving. And I think this year, the reason why I feel like there's going to be something from them shown is because they're nominated for so many categories. Like, and it's not just game of the year. They're nominated for like best, I believe it's action game or best uh, open world game, something of the sort. There's, there's like at least more than like three or four categories that they have a game, whether it's Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, Super Mario, Odyssey, Mario Kart 8, or any of the other like big first party Nintendo games that have come out on Switch since the console came out. So that's a big deal, I feel like. And it, it only seems like, you know, for them, it makes sense for them to do something even more special with alongside of that. Uh, the other thing also, too, I feel like there's going to be a couple more cool uh, third party like showings for big third party games that are coming out next year. It'd be awesome if something random like, you know, like Rockstar shows off another thing for Red Dead 2. Because I feel like that's a game that'll be like show something like really cool or at least give like a nod or something random like that. Like uh, there's always some type of big third party reveal that shows up at the Game Awards that everybody starts talking about the next day. I remember one point it was uh, No Man's Sky, I believe it was a while back that was shown at the Video Game Awards some time ago. And I think also, I, I can't remember what it, which game it was exactly, but I think it might have been something from either Ubisoft or, or somebody else that they showed at the Game Awards that everybody was making a big deal about. But uh, there's always that one third party that's not one of the big console manufacturers that they have some sort of grand reveal as like a world premiere. So those are my predictions. I'm, I'm hoping for some good stuff because that's going to lead right into PSX.
Absolutely. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I can't wait for PSX. That's uh, going to be a very, very fun show. Um, as for predictions for uh, video game award show, I, I, um, I mean, I, I, De- Death Stranding. I mean, you guys have already said it. Death Stranding, I think, is something that I absolutely expect to see something on because we know about the relationship that uh, Jeff Keighley has with Kojima. Um, very good friends. And, you know, Kojima is also a judge for the actual student award that they're going to be giving out also on the show. So I think uh, we know Del Toro is also going to be at the Game Awards. So I think, you know, we're definitely going to see something from Death Stranding there. Um, In terms of third-party stuff we may potentially see, it's very hard to determine. I know in the past, uh, a lot of indie games have been shown there. You know, we saw No Man's Sky. That was at one of the Game Awards show a while back. So I do expect to see more indie titles. But in terms of uh, if I had to say third-party titles, man, I have I have no idea. Um, a lot of stuff is coming out early next year we already know about. So hard to really determine and pinpoint if anything new gets shown. Um, with Ubisoft, I would say, you know, one game that I expected to see at their conference this year that we didn't see was Splinter Cell. And I still think we're going to see that at some point. I don't think it's going to be at the Game Awards show. I think they may just wait until E3 next year for that. But, um, yeah, it's very hard to to really determine. I mean, I think a lot of the stuff you expect to see, maybe we'll get the actual reveal of this uh, new map for PUBG and whatever other plans they have for the Xbox One version, because that'll be out the week after the Game Awards show. But uh, outside of that, it's really hard to really pinpoint any specific surprises, at least on my end. Uh, Mr. Max Muller, uh, what are your thoughts on what we may see from uh, the Game Awards show? Uh, yeah, so I wanted to go back on what JJ was talking about, about Nintendo maybe revealing like something kind of small, nothing big. I think this would be the perfect opportunity for them to reveal like Smash coming to the Switch or something finally. I think that'd be really like the port of it from the Wii U version or something. I think that'd be really cool and would be a perfect time for that. Um other than that, Rich, I'm more with you where like most of the stuff that I want and I'm looking forward to is stuff like we know about, you know, like Kingdom Hearts 3, like the PS4 or the Insomniac Spider-Man game and all that sort of stuff and like stuff that I don't really need to see more of unless it's like a release date. You know what I mean? Like, those are things that I don't care much for trailers for anymore. You know, like, we kind of saw the gameplay. I just want to, like, actually have it in my hands or know when it's coming to be into my hands. So, like, um, that stuff doesn't intrigue me too much. I'm looking more toward, yeah. I'm looking to be entirely surprised by stuff. Like, things that I have no idea are coming. Like, to be fair, the DMC5 rumors, if that turns out to be true in any way, shape, or form, that would be really cool. That'd be something I would look forward to. But other than that, there isn't really a whole lot that I'm necessarily expecting or looking forward to or anything like that. Like, I just want to be, like, surprised by something really new here. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I'm looking for here. Or release dates on some games that are coming out. Other than that, eh, not too much. Very good. Very very good points. I I agree as well. and how about you, Gary? Uh, any predictions you think that we may get at the uh, Video Game Awards show? Yeah, um, so like you guys have said, um, Jeff Keighley and um, Kojima are good friends. So I do expect him to um, have a premiere for Death Stranding, a new uh, trailer or something from the game. 
Um, I think it would make sense for it to be at PSX, but obviously with his, you know, connection to Jeff Keighley, um, I guess he's going to, you know, um, give him the honors of um, showing new footage for that game. Um, and Nintendo are going to be there, so I'm expecting a big announcement from them. Um, I'm thinking possibly Pokemon even, um, you know, maybe just like a short teaser or something of the game that's going to be coming out on the Switch. Uh, and um, I, I expect to see Anthem there as well, um, just because I feel like we need to see more of that game at this point. Um, and there's been rumors about uh, a new Devil May Cry game, um, and you know I'm thinking we might see that at the Game Awards. And um, the last thing I was thinking is I think it's about time we we hear about some new Xbox games. Because you know, obviously, they like there's like no exclusives. There's no reason to buy an Xbox One X right now. So I think they definitely need to show something so that consumers can you know actually get excited for the console and be excited to even own the console. So um, yeah, I definitely think that there should be some you know, if not one but two um, you know minimum Xbox trailers. I think. Like, because obviously the Game Awards is like a third-party outlet, you know. So why not take advantage of that? But um, that's pretty much all the predictions I got. Sounds good. Uh, one last thing I will add before we talk about PSX. Uh, uh, I, I, there was a rumor that came out earlier. Uh, I think it was yesterday. I don't really know if this is valid yet because it's. Still, you know, still rumors. Uh, apparently, that game, A Way Out, which was shown at EA's conference, is now being pushed to 2019. Um, and that the, with that rumor, there also came news with, uh, that the other game that was revealed, Faye, uh, F-E, uh, is coming out next year and that we're going to be getting some information on that very, very soon. So that is an example of a game that we might see uh, at uh, the Video Game Award show. Um, I know Unravel, I think that was shown at the Game Awards show a while back uh, before that came out. So possibly that may, may be shown. Uh, but outside of that, it's, it's really hard to determine. Uh, I got a question. That... I got I a go, question. Go like because, because literally PSX is like literally the next day or at least the preview night of PSX. Do you think that show with, with the third party stuff is going to be much more PlayStation oriented because of that? Or do you think like there'll be a significant presence of Xbox stuff, like at least shown, or at least whether it's world premieres or any sort of like, you know, nods throughout the course of the show? Because think about it, like if there's, if there's going to be any sort of big reveals, especially PlayStation related, either they're going to be at the, the keynote for PSX or they'll be shown that night before. So everybody going into PSX the next day or two will be excited about after it's shown at the Game Awards stage. Like, I feel like, you know, because of that, there'll be a lot more of a stronger PlayStation showcase of games or reveals than there would, uh, what is it, a Microsoft or Xbox showcase of reveals. I, that is a very, very good, very, very good point. Uh, I personally don't, well, just my opinion, I don't think that Microsoft is going to show anything at the Video Game Awards show. Um, I could be wrong about that. I think the extent of what we will see is the PUBG stuff. And that can now be applied to Microsoft and PC. Uh, but I don't think Microsoft is going to show anything at that award show, um, only because not that they don't want to, but I think they will purposely wait until E3 next year to show what they have because 
they figure, well, that's, you know, uh, maybe maybe we'll get a release date for Crackdown or it is something else. But anything new, I don't expect to really see anything from Microsoft at that show. But what you said about PlayStation, that's a very good point. PlayStation is, you know, uh, about, you know, the, the following day, actually. I believe it's Friday night still. I thought it was Saturday morning. I think that date has changed. So it is Friday night for that reveal for their uh, event. So um, we may see a lot of that that type of stuff there. Yeah, absolutely. And even with Death Stranding, you know, I, I think it, it could be something whereas maybe we will see a teaser for Death Stranding and then they will have the full reveal at PSX uh, because, again, the game, you know, I, I, it was shown at the PlayStation conferences up to this point. So it, it, that's a possibility, but I mean, we'll see what happens. But um, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good theory. You know, I think that's possible. Uh, we'll see. Did anyone else have any other thoughts about the, the video game award show before we get into PSX? I just wanted to comment really quickly on Gary saying, we'll see Anthem. I've already given up on that damn game. Whoa, I why? Like I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to see Anthem. <laughs> I don't think we're going to see Anthem, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, upon us with you, I don't think we're going to see it. Yeah, I don't think we will either, but I just wanted to say right now, uh, so it's on the record, that game is going to be like a Battlefront 2 or something. That game is going to have a lot of drama, and I want no part of it. Uh, I, well, don't, don't worry, Max. They, they, there's still time for them to win you over, so we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see what they show uh, down the road, but uh, I don't know what, what Gary said. Yeah, no. Well, I know one thing we won't be seeing, Gary. We will not be seeing... And this is some new co- new content coming to Overwatch. No, we will not be seeing that because they I, I think we would because Overwatch is actually nominated in a category. It's over. It's nominated, I believe, in the most uh, was it the longest lasting game this year or like you yeah, know ongoing okay. game ongoing like game. that. And keep in mind, they got a new character coming out. If it didn't already come out, they got to have probably more than likely at least give a nod to it. At least I, I could foresee something like that. I thought I thought the character's already out. Gary is. Uh... Yeah, the, the, uh, Moira's already out in the game now. Okay, so I I could still foresee them at least teasing something down the line afterwards, or at least giving a nod to Overwatch like that. Because remember, Overwatch had not only one game of the year at the Game Awards one time, but also uh, it's super, super popular. And it's been nominated for at least that category. Granted, it's not anything like brand new for this year. It's it's, it's possible. There have been rumors about um, an Overwatch movie coming out. Um, So, But if that that did happen, the, the announcement probably wouldn't be at uh, VGAs, it would probably be like just on the Blizzard channel. Like they just released the trailer, I think. But, um, I hope that never happens, just for your sake. Oh, I hope it does. I hope it doesn't. You know, they can't do video game movies correctly. Hey, if, so there's, if there's anyone that can get it right, it's them because they've got that whole Pixar kind of look. So I think, well, I think they could do it. I don't know. It's not been good. So good luck, though. <laughs> we'll see. The, we'll the see. little shorts that they release on um, online, those are pretty good. A little short and then a major motion blockbuster movie. Two different things. All right, Mrs. Expert. I understand. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, and I'll give a shout-out to Black Star yeah. in, the, in, in the chat. He said uh, we're probably going to see uh, Sea of Thieves. You know, I know Max is looking forward to Sea of Thieves, so... Maybe that'll be there. Maybe we'll see another trailer for that horrible game. But uh, I will uh, say that game is looking better, but I'm still not. I don't care for it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I will say it's looking better, and I wouldn't mind trying it out. But if I don't, I don't really care. Yeah, well, that's it. That's that, that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. We'll see. Again, you know, it's hard to predict with the game awards because you know there can be some surprises. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see what's actually going to happen at the show. Now, uh, I definitely want to talk about PSX though because I think at least with PS, PS PSX. I think there is some idea of what we will actually see at, at that show. Um, and uh, I figure I'll go ahead and start it off. Uh, obviously, I think uh, the, the, the big news and rumblings is that PSX is going to be a lot smaller than Paris Games Week because Paris Games Week, there was a lot of stuff that we saw. We we're like, okay, this is surprising. I know with PSX so far, there are a couple of panels that are going to happen. There will be a panel for. Uh, the Ghost of Tsushima, um, and I believe that there is going to be some type of God of War panel also. But in regards to what we're actually going to see at the show, revealed at the show, well, first and foremost, I think we will get a release date for God of War. I think we will get a release date for Spider-Man because Spider-Man is supposed to come out uh, between the first and second quarter of 2018, unless that has changed. I don't really know if it's changed. Um, Detroit Become Human is supposed to come out in spring 2018, so. I think that is a safe bet. You know, Detroit is going to be playable at PSX again, as it was at E3. So I think we'll definitely get a release date to some extent of most of this stuff. Days Gone, I have no idea where that game is at in development at this point. I, I would believe that it is coming next year, but because development started in 2015, um, I still think they can very well hold that until the beginning of 2019. I mean, I'm not sure about that. but um. Yeah, pretty much release dates is what I do expect at PSX. If there was any surprises that were to happen, um, I know the DMC thing has already been debunked. They're saying that that's more than likely going to happen at E3 2018, which is fine. Capcom is going to be at PSX because, you know, the Capcom uh, tournament is also going to be going on. And I know that the Street Fighter V Tournament Edition is also going to be at PSX. So maybe we'll get a trailer for that. Uh, of course, we're obviously going to see some footage from uh, Monster Hunter because that'll be out uh, in January. Um, outside of that, I don't really know what else Capcom is going to show as any surprises. Uh, it's If I had to make a guess as to what we could potentially see in terms of PlayStation exclusives outside of what we already know, um, I know that Sony did file that trademark for Siphon Filter again. I don't think we're going to see that yet. I do think it is coming at some point, but I don't think it's coming that soon unless, of course, they decide to show it. But we already know Sony does not want to show stuff too early because they know that they get in trouble when they do that. But one thing I know for sure we will definitely get an update on is uh, Shenmue 3 because that is a game that was supposed to come out this year and it has now been delayed until December 2018. So I expect to see something from that game, uh, you know, next weekend, if I had to make a guess. But, uh, I mean, I don't really know of anything else. A lot of my picks are relatively safe because I have no idea what else Sony could show us. Uh, I think the main thing is they just need to talk about release dates at this point. There's not really anything outside of that. But uh, I'm going to give the floor to you now. Uh, Max, what do you think that we'll see at PSX? Sorry, I was muted. Um, I think that we will see 
I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a lot of Death Stranding stuff. I think that while you guys said, and you were right about it may being shown off at the Game Awards, I feel like we'll get some sort of tease, and then what we actually see will be like a full reveal at uh, PSX. I think that'd be really cool. Um, Want to see a lot more Spider-Man stuff. Um, you guys were talking about Detroit. I think we'll see more on Detroit. Days Gone. Um, other than that, I haven't put too much thought into it, to be fair, because I've been kind of like away from the gaming scene the past week, which is a shame. But um, watching the show and like seeing your guys' reactions and everything. But um, no, I'm just, for the Game Awards and PSX, I'm honestly just waiting and seeing and just like seeing what comes out. I don't have too many expectations or predictions from anything uh, at all, but I'm, I'm hoping they're good, of course, and I'm expecting them to be good and I'm expecting there to be a lot of powerhouses. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, uh, Mr. Lugo, uh, what are your predictions for PSX? I, I feel like a lot of the stuff that we're going to see at PSX, especially on the floor, playable or not, is going to be stuff that we've already known about and stuff that, obviously, like you said, we should be getting release dates or release windows and more information about them, whether they're playable demos or not. Now, as far as like extra big surprises or stuff that's going to be cool that we're going to see there for the first time. I feel like a lot of that stuff is either going to come from the game rewards or it's going to come from stuff right before PSX. Cause keep in mind, and we talked a little bit about this Capcom is having a mega man stream uh, tomorrow. Actually, after the, the day that we're recording this co-op uh, is December 3rd. They're having an actual stream for the mega man 30th anniversary uh, for uh, was it for uh, December 4th. Now, if you guys remember the last like couple anniversaries for mega man, Capcom didn't do anything. Capcom was very quiet about the series or quiet about the franchise in general. Now they're being a lot more louder with Mega Man as a franchise, Mega Man as a character. And I feel like they wouldn't be doing this and hosting a stream if they weren't going to announce something, if they weren't going to do something big. And I feel like that, whatever that they show there, is also probably going to be a PSX alongside stuff including Monster Hunter Worlds, which I feel like is going to be playable for the first time there, or at least because I think it's this month we're supposed to be getting a beta for Monster Hunter Worlds, at least as well. So I feel like PSX is the great spot to show that game off playable in a, in a playable form for the first time. Uh, as far as the Devil May Cry stuff, I still find that suspect, and I still find that very, very uh, awkward and random because if it's not going to be revealed at the Game Awards and it's not going to be revealed at a uh, PSX like that, then why would we even really be hearing about it now? And I feel like with everything else that's going on right now with Capcom, I don't think that's a focus of what they're doing right now at the moment. I feel like maybe that's a little bit premature. And it seems like a lot of the details about it are a little bit shaky after reading up some of the details about it. So I'm going to kind of like put that to the side and just not really believe that until I see something a little bit more concrete. Now, as far as other companies are concerned, you mentioned Shenmue 3. I don't think we see Shenmue 3 at PSX. The reason being is because there's been no talk about it. There's been no kind of updates about it. There's been nothing really... Uh, really substantial, I should say, as far as updates, because you said that it got delayed to, I believe it's December of this year, correct? For December 2017 or December 2018? Yeah, that's and, right. uh Yeah, and I, I just feel like, you know, from the last time that we saw that game in any sort of form, or at least it was talked about, was a long time ago. And I know a lot of people said that that didn't really look as good, or it was still super, super early. And I feel like if they're going to talk about it, there's got to be something really substantial and big shown and at least give everybody a little bit more confidence of like how that game is progressing. Now, keep in mind, for an extent, Sega is going to be at PSX this year, okay? Because I actually got uh, did a little bit of a, like conversations about them being over there. Now, they haven't really been clear about what they're going to show, which uh, my guess is they're probably going to show the new Yakuza 
Yakuza 6, uh, was it the story of life, which makes total sense because Yakuza Kiwami came out not too long ago and they've talked about and shown Yakuza 6 over at E3 not too long ago. So that's at least something there to see. Obviously, Sonic Forces and maybe a little bit of extra content for that. But as far as like Shamu 3, I, I'm not, I really don't have a lot of confidence for that being there. Now, as far as the first parties are concerned, uh, like you mentioned before, I think that's really only the stuff that we're going to see is the stuff that's going to be uh, that we've seen already beforehand and that we need uh, actual release dates or release windows. I don't think you see more of God of War. I think they maybe talk about it. I don't think it's playable. That'll be dope if it's playable. And if I had a, a choice of any of the big first party games that are PlayStation oriented that we see that could have a chance of being playable at PSX, that would be it for me. Because I feel like we've seen God of War already a bunch of times, more so than we've seen Spider-Man, more so than we've seen The Last of Us, more so than we've seen Days Gone. Uh, even Detroit Becoming Human. I feel like Detroit Becoming Human would probably be there as well, that we get to see that and probably play a little bit more of that. Because that was playable at E3, remember, a while back when we went to the PlayStation conference. But um, uh, And other third parties, they'll probably be playable there in some form. Probably a bunch of indies as well, because there was a big indie presence last year at, at PSX when I went. And I definitely foresee that being the same thing this year as well. Uh, it is confusing and it does suck that we're not going to get some publishers that or devs that are going to be that are not going to be there. Uh, one that will be there that I think is very interesting that we get to see for the first time because they actually have a panel that they announced recently, Media Molecule, that we finally get to see Dreams. And we finally get to see that in a better form than what we've seen it before. Okay. Uh, and that'll be interesting. Now, they also have other panels that are going on. They got Ghost of Tsushima, which I think we hopefully we get to see more of that because that actually looked cool at its last reveal from Paris Games Week. Same thing also, there's going to be an Uncharted and a Last of Us Part 2 panel. Now, I don't think we get to see more of The Last of Us Part 2. I think that we've already seen enough of what we've gotten this, at this point that we, was shown at Paris Games Week. I think that they talk more about the game because they're going to have the whole voice cast there for The Last of Us Part 2 at their panel. But I don't think we get any more gameplay. I don't think we get any more teaser trailers or anything of the sort for a while. I think we get all that and what we don't see at PSX now, we get all that at E3. Now, stuff like Spider-Man, I don't think we get to see playable. I think we, but we've already seen a bunch of it. I think they showed a little bit of it at Paris Games Week like that. I don't think we get to see more of that. Maybe we get more clarification on a release window. But again, same thing with all the rest of the games that we've seen, uh, that we've seen at this point for PlayStation. So that's at least where my hat is at. I think a lot of the surprises are going to be before PSX and a lot of the other surprises that we thought that would be at PSX have already been revealed at Paris Games Week. Yeah, that's that 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 is that that's a very good uh very good points all around. Uh because yeah, I mean every everything I've heard is that Paris Games Week that was the show uh this year that was a big deal in terms of uh, all the other stuff, but we'll see what happens. Um so Dana, uh do you have any thoughts on what we We'll see at PSX. Everything was already said. Oh. So I'm <laughs> I'm gonna just simply say that it's the tenth anniversary of Uncharted, so we'll probably get something nice. And in my dream and wish and hope and prayer, remember back in twenty fourteen when we got the theatrical performance of The Last of Us? I think it would be really great if it was like a surprise performance of The Last of Us Part Two where we get to see something in regards to, you know, a little theatrical thing going on there. That's that's literally all I have because everything else was said. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. Uh, one thing I will say in, in regards to uh, The Last of Us, Naughty Dog, uh, what you made is a very good point about it being the 10th anniversary of Uncharted. Um, 
Naughty Dog likes these community events. I mean, this is the same event where they revealed The Last of Us Part Two. So I, I, I will be surprised if they don't, they don't have something there um, at that show. Um, but, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, Last of Us 2 trailer at P Paris Games Week, a lot of people was up in arms over that, you know. So I thought it was awesome. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit too uh, – maybe I think a little bit too uh, – much about some of this stuff. But uh, Gary, uh, now, what do you think will be shown at PSX? Yeah, um, a few things. Um, a lot of them have already been said by you guys. But um, yeah, obviously, you know, they're having uh, Media Molecule is having the uh, the Dreams panel. So I imagine there's going to be, you know, um, a trailer or something or a demonstration for Dreams um, on stage during the keynote. And uh, when that happens, I want everyone to look real hard into the audience because you'll see Richard and JJ dreaming mm -hmm. also um, while that happens. But um, yeah, I definitely think that's going to be there. And also, um, I know JJ said that he doesn't think Shenmue will be there, but um, I think we will see it because they. I think they are aiming to release that game next year. And if that's the case, it would make sense for us to see something more by now. I know they had that um, trailer earlier this year, you know, where the animation was a bit uh, janky, but, you know, the, the graphics looked, they looked good. You know, they looked good for, for what it is. Um, and, uh, I, well, I don't know. I don't think we'll get a solid release date for that, but I do think we'll get some new footage for Shenmue 3. Um, either that or, you know, Suzuki will come out and be like, yo, I'm sorry, people, we need another million for to, to finish the game. So please, you know, send some love to our Kickstarter page or something like that. But um, yeah, I think we'll see it at some capacity. Um, and as for big surprises, I think we'll get to see Bloodborne 2, finally. Um, I think that would be a nice surprise to have because uh, we know they're probably, you know, developing the second Bloodborne. So I think it's about time, you know, that they would start to show that and perhaps it would come out, you know, fall 2018 if we're lucky, if not, then early 2019. But um, I think, yeah, we, we might get to see that. Uh, I think we'll get a lot of release dates, you know, for Detroit, God of War and Spider-Man, um, perhaps some new footage of Spider-Man. It would make sense because, you know, with all the hype going around with the Avengers, it would be kind of good for them to play off of that. But um, we did get a new trailer, like, kind of recently. So, um, yeah, probably not. But I do think we'll get a release date at least, you know, for some of these games. Um, and I'm also going to go out on a limb and say that we see something for Red Dead also, because it was rumored for a long time that they were going to show something with Sony. Um, so this seems like the perfect time for it because, you know, it's coming out next year. So kind of makes sense for us to see something with uh, Red Dead. But um, that's pretty much all the predictions I have. I have to say, those are some really, really great predictions. I did not even think about Bloodborne, too. Um, that's, yeah, that's that's some good stuff. So, I mean, we'll have to see. Uh, if there was anything that I would add, it, it, it's just the fact that uh, I know that uh, there is going to be a keynote for Ghost of Tsushima. 
but the devs have said that that game has been in development for quite a long time. So I don't know if that means it's closer to coming out in terms of maybe late next year, early 2019. I have no idea, but uh, maybe we will see more from that game. I have no idea, though. But, uh, I mean, like I said, it's going to be a fun show. Um, not really sure what to expect because, like I said, in the past when they had these shows, like last year with The Last of Us 2 reveal, that was just a massive reaction. A lot of people saw that they lost their mind when they saw that. So I don't know if they have anything that they can show that would generate that type of same, that same type of response this year. I, I doubt it, but, you know, I don't really know. Again, to me, I think the main thing is release dates. You need to let us know when Spider-Man is coming, when God of War is coming. I mean, I think if you say that to people, they'll be satisfied because they've already kept saying Q1, Q2, 2018, but there's no solid date yet. So hopefully we will start to get a better idea of when these games are actually coming out. And I think a lot of people will just be happy with that, regardless of whether or not any other big announcement happens. But we'll see. And can I also say we're going to probably also see a lot of VR? Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. PlayStation VR. Great, great point. You know, the Inpatient, that was uh, the, the new game by the creators of Until Dawn. That game got pushed to January. It was supposed to come out in November. So, yeah, we probably definitely will get some more VR stuff. Very, very good point. Um, but we'll see. So uh, any other thoughts? on PSX before we uh, wrap up today's show. No, um, I'll just end off by saying, like, you know, if they, if they even do half of the things that we've, you know, predicted, I'll be satisfied with Sony in 2017 because, you know, they showed a lot at Paris Games Week already. So, like, um, they, they, you know, they've done a good job this year. I think um, last year I was a bit negative on Sony because it, it felt like we were waiting a long time for some of these games. But this year they delivered, and now it's kind of the opposite with you know Microsoft. But um, but yeah, I think all signs point to Sony ending off 2017 with a great show. So I'm excited to see what they show. Yeah, I definitely have to agree. Uh, I know we was at E3 for the past two years. Uh, E3 2016, when they showed Resident Evil 7, I, I was still surprised that game was even there. Um, and then that was the same show. We got Spider-Man and all this other stuff. So, I, yeah, Sony is doing a great job. Um, you know, I, and as as far as what you said about 2017, yeah, they've, they've had great, great shows. You know, I know for those, some people who wasn't at, the E3 conference, they were a little critical of the show. They wasn't really too impressed, but to, for us to be there, I thought it was awesome. And I'm pretty sure PSX is still going to be good, too. But, uh, yeah, they've had a great year, a lot of great games to look forward to. So I'm looking forward to seeing when we're going to get some actual release, release dates. And I guess that's pretty much it. But we'll see what happens. But, yeah, um, that pretty much concludes our show for today. Now, in regards to what's going to happen with the next week's show, um, we're still figuring that out because, as I had mentioned earlier, uh, some of us will be at PSX next weekend. So um, we'll be sure to give you all an update on what's going on with that once we have figured things out. But uh, 
we definitely did want to have an announcement. And I'm going to give the floor to you, Mr. Lugo, because you did have an important announcement that you wanted to make uh, regarding something that's going down tomorrow. So the floor yeah. is yours. Yeah, so if you guys have been following me on social media, on Twitter, if you probably have seen the Coalition uh, account, uh, retweeting some of my stuff that I've been passing around. But basically, tomorrow is going to be a big episode of TK Spotlight because not only is it the 10th episode or the 10th uh, guest that I've had on the show, but it's also a very, very big one. And I think we've talked about this before. I think I announced it also on a previous co-op. But I'll say it again for everybody that doesn't know. I'm actually going to have James Rolfe from Cinemasker, who is the angry video game nerd, on the show. We're actually going to do a one-on-one with him, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be cool. But because this is the 10th episode of TK Spotlight, we're going to do something a little bit different you guys are going to actually have your opportunity to send in some questions that i could ask james during the show now in order to do so if you guys can if you're listening to this now if you're listening to it later on the was it on demand on youtube you can use the hashtag tk spotlight on twitter to send me a tweet or send it to the coalition's uh, twitter account in order to actually send in your question and then we're going to sort out the best ones that we're going to feature on the show while I actually talk with James. So this is going to be a big deal because, again, James Rolfe, the Angry Video Game Nerd, is a very, very big deal. He's probably been an influencer or at least a a big uh, influence on a lot of different creators online that talk about video games that have done YouTube content online or have been on Blip TV or or basically anybody that's done reviews, especially character uh, role-driven reviews, based on retro games or just video games in general, he's had some sort of influence on them. So this is going to be very cool for me as a fan. It's going to be very cool for you guys, you know, as the audience, you guys get to listen to us have a really cool conversation about gaming, about the angry video game nerd, about online, you know, reviews and online content. It's going to be a lot of different stuff we're going to cover. So if you guys want to get your questions out there, if you guys want to get your questions uh, considered to be part of the show and be featured uh, during the show tomorrow, it's going to be up uh, later on in the day after I talk with him because Tomorrow, the way I got it structured is that I'm actually going to meet up with him on Skype uh, in the afternoon, and then we're going to have the episode up as soon as we finish recording it that same day. So probably about an hour or so after we actually talk. It's going to be up on the website. It's going to be up on YouTube. It's going to be up on iTunes. You guys are definitely going to not want to miss this. So get your questions out there to me. You can tweet it at me, at VenomousFatMan1 on Twitter, or tweet it at the Coalition's YouTube, uh, not YouTube, but the Coalition's Twitter account, at the Coalition. Uh, send us comments down below in the comment section. Put it out there and be sure that you guys check out the show. If you guys are really heavily anticipating that, definitely check out some of the other episodes. We have a whole playlist on the YouTube channel now. We have the actual iTunes link that we have the show up on iTunes. A lot of different guests that we've had on there, but this is probably going to be the biggest one that we've had to date. I mean, and I've already had so far, we've had Toby Turner, Tobuscus on the show. We had Hip Hop Gamer. We had Colin Moriarty on the show. We had Andrea Renee, who's up now coming up soon for the Game Awards. She's up for Trendy Gamer of the Year. She's one of the nominees. We've had a lot of cool guests on the show, but this might be our biggest one yet. So I hope you guys will definitely enjoy it. I hope you guys will be able to pass it around and check out the show once it's live tomorrow. So I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yes. So uh, you guys have received all the details. Definitely feel free to send in your questions and look forward to checking out that episode um, this week. It's definitely a huge accomplishment, so looking forward to checking it out myself also. But, uh, yeah, so that, uh, as I said earlier, that this concludes uh, our show for this week. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any final shout-outs that you would like to give, but uh, I'm going to go with you first, Mr. Lugo. Any final shout-outs? 
Uh, yeah, sure. Just shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to everybody in the chat now that, that that's commenting on some of the stuff. I appreciate it. We we appreciate it. We appreciate your guys' support. Shout out to the patrons. Obviously, we appreciate your guys' support, allowing us to keep doing dope content for all of you guys and supporting our content all throughout the way. Uh, shout out to everybody else that's been interacting with us on Twitter, on the rest of social media. We appreciate that as well. Shout out to also the Plox people that allowed us to do the the unboxing and the impressions for the the Death Star. A Bluetooth speaker, which is pretty dope. Again, if you guys haven't checked that out, go check it out now. It's on the website, and it's also up on the YouTube channel as well. You guys should definitely look into that. We're going to have some more dope content coming very soon, probably after PSX. There's a lot of cool surprises we have in the works. Other special guests as well coming to TK Spotlight. I've been really busy on the hustle trying to get a lot of cool guests for you guys. So besides AVGN coming tomorrow, which is going to be a very big deal with James Rolfe, I also got a couple other ones, one of which I can announce I can actually talk about now, which is cool. Uh, we're also going to have Ben Kuchera on the show. We're actually trying to get them up on Tuesday after AVGN. So hopefully that'll go through. And then eventually probably after PSX, I'll have some other cool guests that you guys are definitely going to not want to miss. But besides that, thank you to everybody that checks out the content on the website, checks out the reviews and all the other cool stuff. We hope you guys continue to do so. Absolutely. And uh, Dana, you have any shout outs that you would like to give? Um, everybody listening, you know, shout out to them. Shout out to all of our supporters. Um, I recently just did an interview with Marja Kutmas, who's the head of Amazon Games. So I would like to shout her out and say thank you for the interview. That interview will be up tomorrow. So, you know, just keep posted on that. And, you know, shout out to everyone in the gaming industry. Absolutely. Uh, how about you, Max? Any shout outs? Oh, uh, yeah, you know, echoing what JJ and Dana said already. Thanks, everyone, for participating in the chat. It's always good to see everyone in here and just all the patrons supporting the website and everything like that. So I haven't been on the show as often. Real life has kind of been getting in the way of a lot of things in, like, me and the gaming industry in general right now. But um, I'm looking forward to being back in it over the next couple of weeks, maybe, like, after December, hopefully. Um, plan on being on the show a lot more again, though. And as always, thanks everyone for checking everything out. It's always great to talk with you guys. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to all the people that continue to support the site. Everyone that was in the chat today as well. Um, the Patreon supporters, uh, all of you guys on the staff who always do an excellent job. Yes. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to uh, EA. Uh, I hope that they are able to recover after the Star Wars uh, controversy, but uh, we all know that they won't. So uh, I have to say a prayer for them. And uh, Gary, uh, the floor is yours. Cool. So yeah, of course, as always, we have to shout out the Patreon supporters. So um, M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Lelo and Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez, Miguel, and Mark. We thank you all for your support. Um, and yeah, we appreciate it. And a big shout to everyone who joined us in the chat today. You know, everyone who joined in on the discussions. Um, Hip Hop Gamer was actually in there earlier. So big shouts to Hip Hop Gamer. Um, definitely go and support him, follow him, show him some love on Twitter as well. Um, and yeah, everyone else who joined us, um, Illustrated, Dio, Black Star. You know, um, Wesley, you know, everyone who supports the show on a, a weekly basis, a big shout outs to you. 
Uh, I also want to shout out Ramiz Quadri, who was a guest um, on the show, you know, a few weeks back. He actually, I actually got him to finally play Persona 5. So he bought Persona 5 and, you know, he started playing it today and now he's kind of liking it. And it's it's actually making me want to play the game again. Like just, uh, I'm just like enjoying reliving the game through his eyes now. Like, so it's cool that more people are checking that game out because you know i know persona wasn't really um a mainstream level you know rpg before this year but you know with the success of persona 5 it's kind of being recognized now and i think that's a cool thing and i hope that it wins you know at least the best rpg and the best soundtrack awards at the the game awards i think it deserves those um you know if not game of the year itself but um, yeah that's pretty much all I had to say and all my shouts, uh, big shouts to the Coalition team and, of course, the Throwdown as well. Absolutely. Thank you all again for your continued support, and we will talk to you all next week.